Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome to episode 16 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. We have a great show planned for you today, and in our next segment, we'll be talking with attorney Rachel LeMay about the business of practicing law. You know, lawyers, they're like dentists. We all need them, but none of us really want them. The same is true for police officers, of course, and many of you know my husband is a retired cop. And uh, he was a really good one, too. But everyone hates the cops when they're the one in trouble. But everyone loves the cops when they need one. You know, when you're uh, speeding, not that I would ever do this, of course, but uh, when you're speeding on your way to an appointment and you see those blue and red lights behind you, we've all thought the same thing, even a cop's wife. And that is, oh, give me a break. Don't you guys have some bad guys to chase? But... If you hear someone breaking into your house in the middle of the night, you're dialing 911 and you're so happy to hear or to see that hero walk through the door. So, you know, we're all the same. We kind of have our preconceived notions about different professions and industries. And of course, cliches and bad jokes come with a morsel of truth. And there's a reason that people sometimes hate lawyers, but not always, like any other profession. There are bad ones, but I think they're more rare than common. And like any other profession, it's up to you, the business owner, to vet the attorney. Lawyers are small business owners, too. Obviously, just like each one of us who own business, the lawyer, the attorney, they have to develop their skills. They have to practice until they get better and better at what they do. They have expenses to manage, overhead to manage, employees to manage. They have to do marketing and figure out how to find a new customer. They're just small business owners, just like us. So think about it. How many bids did you get the last time you had some remodeling done at your house? You probably got several. How many maid services did you interview before hiring one to clean your house? People assume that they have to research the reviews and the credibility with the service industry. But they'll oftentimes take for granted the credentials of a lawyer. Having a degree in jurisprudence, if I can say that word, doesn't automatically qualify someone as a good lawyer. If you were going to have maybe some cosmetic surgery, would you shop the surgeon for his prices or a coupon, or would you look for the best? So if you're choosing a lawyer based on price alone, if you're, if you're choosing an attorney to help you in your business based on what they charge by the hour, you're more likely to have a bad experience than if you choose your lawyer based on trusted referrals, a good, solid reputation, and of course, a proven track record. So let's face it, if you've been in business long, you need a good attorney, one that you can trust and that one you will call when you have a question or a need. There's too many people that would never call an attorney. Why? Because they don't have one. 
They don't know who to call. They don't know who to trust. They don't know which kind of attorney they need. So they don't call. What do they do? They forge ahead and make some bad decisions. And then they've got to figure out how to undo their bad decisions and find an attorney to help them with that. I've had an attorney on retainer for over 20 years. I, I think it's, it's really peace of mind more than anything else because I really haven't used him that often. But it's also just vital to be able to pick up that phone whenever I do have a question and at least consult for a few minutes before I proceed and maybe make the wrong decision or, or, or put the wrong policy in place. It's always harder to undo a situation that you've done than to prevent that problem in the first place by just simply placing a phone call to someone that you already trust, someone you already know. You know, I know as a business consultant that one of the things that frustrates me is when a client that has hired me to help them in their business doesn't consult me first before signing maybe an advertising contract or they make some dramatic change in their business model or they implement some new rule that they feel they have to enforce. And they do all this without just checking in with me a five-minute phone call as their consultant to say, hey, Debbie, should I do this? And then, of course, after the fact, when they're in the middle of trouble, they reach out to me and ask me to help them undo the damage. So, you know, I just thought about this, but you could actually say business consultants are like lawyers. (laughs) Not really, but, you know, they tend to be a little bit expensive and everybody thinks that that they can get by without one, but a good one is actually worth their weight in gold. They can save you a small fortune. They can save you so much heartache and pain and sometimes mistakes that cannot be recovered from. So really, just like if you found a great consultant that's worth their weight in gold, the same can be said for having a really good attorney that you trust and that you will go to when you have a question or concern, or before you implement some some crazy idea that you have. But like any profession, there are good attorneys and bad ones, just like there are good consultants and bad ones. I know with the consulting industry, there are novices who can't really help you very much, but maybe their prices are cheap. Well, what, what good is that? Of course, there are frauds, even in the consulting world, uh, that don't even have a business track record. They've, they've never had a success history. They've had a bad history of business failure. Well, obviously the same can be true with an attorney. You can't assume something just because they call themselves an attorney or a consultant or a a surgeon. You really do have to know who you're working with. What are their credentials? And it's up to you to trust and verify. It's, it's, it's up to you as the small business owner not to just, you know, do the eeny, meeny, miny, mo. who's the cheapest, I'll give them a call. Don't let a smooth talker with slick marketing skills hypnotize you. Do your research. It's on you if you get taken to the cleaners. So I have a question. What's the difference between a good lawyer and a bad lawyer? <laughs> A bad lawyer makes your case drag on for years, and a good lawyer makes it last even longer. Okay, that was pretty corny. I got one more. What's the difference between a jellyfish and a lawyer? One's a spineless 
poisonous blob, and the other one is a sea life form. Okay, enough of the lawyer jokes. I really do have a lot of respect for that industry, but I had to slip that in because, number one, I ate a lot of corn as a kid, and number two, uh, we all have to be able to make fun of ourselves because if we don't, somebody else is going to anyway. Um, And I'm certainly not an attorney, but I have several friends, close friends that I respect a lot that are attorneys. Uh, One attorney in particular that I have a lot of respect for serves on my board of directors at Cleaning for a Reason, a very giving individual. And another attorney they have a lot of respect for, and of course, I, I love women in business and successful, powerful women, is the guest that we have coming up in our next segment. And you just have to stick around to meet her. And she is an up-and-coming up and attorney in North Dallas, and her name is Rachel LeMay. And I have a lot of respect for her. And we laughed a little bit before the segment and, and talked about all the lawyer jokes that are out there and how people love to tease lawyers. And I told her, well, you know what? There's lots of cop jokes out there. And my husband had to put up with those too. But everyone knows a really good attorney when they meet them, just like they know a good consultant or a, new, a good police officer or a good doctor. You know when you're dealing with a good one. And they're worth their weight in gold. So coming up next on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, we'll talk to a real lawyer who you would actually enjoy going to a lunch with. And that's Rachel LeMay of the LeMay Firm. And we'll be right back. So don't go away. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and and on the web at DebbieSardone.com. But I must be moving on. My name is Ernesto Miranda with Walker Miranda Design Studio Principal. We are a commercial and high-end residential interior design firm with architectural capabilities. We do anything from restaurants, multifamily, commercial office, and retail. A lot of design firms tend to have a signature look. We don't. We really take our clients' brands seriously. It's really important for us for our clients to have that signature look. That's what we create for them. For more information and a free consultation, visit us at walkermiranda.com. You can also reach us at 214-680-7202. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, and this is the Go Get Her segment. And we've got Rachel LeMay of the LeMay Firm with us today. Rachel LeMay has 10 years of legal experience representing businesses only. She partners with your small business for legal solutions all the way from startup to closure to even retirement. Rachel, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you, Debbie. Well, you know, I said on my first segment today that lawyers are like dentists. We all need them. We just wish we didn't. So probably the very worst time to go searching for a good lawyer is when you're in trouble. So when we're 
the most desperate and in need, we tend to settle for just anything that's available over anything else uh, in our life, especially when it comes to legal issues. And I'm assuming that you would agree that when you're desperate, that's not the best time to go searching for a a lawyer at the last minute. Absolutely. Not only because you you might make the poor choice in such a situation, but also because there's so much more that a lawyer can do for you to keep you from ever getting into a situation where you're desperate to begin with. Now that I like to hear because I'm all about prevention. So if I'm smart enough to be more interested in prevention than correcting and, and solving a problem after it may even be too late, where does one start? How do we find a good attorney? Like with any business, I think looking in in your network of referrals and and people who can refer you to someone that they trust, that's always going to be number one. I think for for me personally in evaluating um, attorneys, I think one of the things to be leery of is an attorney who can do everything from aviation to zoning. Um, When you're a business, you need to have a business lawyer. When you have a divorce, then you go to your family lawyer. But you wouldn't want, you know, you just like your dentist doesn't work when you have a fever, um, your family lawyer doesn't work on your business matters or doesn't draft your wills. And so I think finding someone who's focused into the specific area that you need help on is a very important angle. And then I also think it's a matter of accessibility. Um, I've had people that have a great lawyer with a great reputation who's very, very good, but they're either very busy or very expensive. And for that reason, they're not accessible to the clients. Yeah, if they're not accessible, you're not going to call them or you're not going to reach them when you need them. And I really like what you said about how to find that good lawyer and look for referrals, talk to people, find out who they know rather than maybe just, you know, the old fashioned way was you went and opened up the phone book and uh, nobody does that anymore. But it's too important of a decision to make to just leave it to chance. And so what are some of the things I think one of the problems that business owners have is we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know that we need an attorney. All of a sudden, we're in trouble. So what are some things that if we were thinking ahead, if we were thinking more about prevention than solving a a big problem after it happens and then calling you, what are some of the things that small business owners might need an attorney for that they aren't really thinking about right now? Sure. So um, a couple of things that I think are are hot button issues for for business owners is obviously that contract that governs the services that you're providing to others, whatever that might be, cleaning services or or legal services, whatever that might be, that contract needs to be vetted by a lawyer to make sure you've maximized your protections built into it. Um, Non-solicitations and non-competes are always a huge area, and there is no area of law that I deal with that has changed more dramatically in the state of Texas than that area. Now that's interesting because many of us who have seasoned businesses had our non-solicitation agreements drawn up 10, 15, even 20 years ago. So what I'm hearing here is you may think you have all your ducks in a row and I probably should have you take a look at those (laughs) contracts. You know, it's a good idea to be reviewing contracts at least every five years, um, any of those provisions, just because, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. Another big thing that's happening this year that um, small business owners should really be wary of is a major reform coming down on overtime laws. So if you've never had a lawyer take a look at some of your overtime practices, uh, this year is the time to do it because there are major changes going in place 
uh, that will impact almost every small business. And you know, that's really important because if somebody is thinking, well, you know, it's going to cost me several hundred dollars to consult with an attorney, they're not thinking about the thousands of dollars in penalties that they could owe if they're inadvertently in violation of a law that changed. Absolutely. And, and so many times I talk to employers that are uh, making decisions that are fair um, and, and correct in, in, in sort of a, an in abstract. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to what the law says, it's just not that flexible. And we have to step back and say, you know, this, this looks fair. It's great. It's just not legally correct. Exactly. So even the employee could be agree with it. The employee could be completely happy with it. But if the federal government says you can't do it that way, you could be in trouble and it will cost you more money to fix that problem than to prevent it. Absolutely. So clearly, Rachel LeMay, you know your stuff, but we'd like to know a little bit more about you as an entrepreneur because we know you have your own private practice and that makes you a small business owner. So like any small business owner, we know there's lots of competition out there. We all need new customers. How do you stand out when there's not only an attorney on every corner, but there is this perception that, oh, I can just go to the internet and pull that form or that contract off of a website for 25 bucks. How do you overcome that? Sure. I tell my clients that there's a reason that I and, and, and you, Debbie, we, we both have our own general practitioner that we go to uh, consistently. And it's because then that doctor knows how our body works normally. And then when something goes wrong, he's, he or she is better equipped to, to fix that. And the same is true in the legal world. If, if you are solely doing things you know, online or through a website, you're, you don't have a relationship with, with a legal practitioner who understands the baseline of how your business works. And the things, the resources that are out there via the internet are not necessarily bad, they're just not complete. And what they don't do is spot issues that you're doing incorrectly on a proactive basis. And when you have a relationship with a lawyer, then then that lawyer can step in and say, hey, I noticed, you know, this particular issue about the way you're paying your employees or about the way you've structured your contracts. Why is it like this? Have you considered? And, and we were able to unpack issues that, that the internet simply can't spot. They're not issue spotters. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not that those websites have incorrect information. It's just that we don't know what we don't know. We have no idea how that scenario in our own company may apply differently and how that contract may not be the right fit or the right wording or or whatever. So definitely, like you said, we need a more specialized approach to our business if we want to solve problems or prevent them. So, Rachel, obviously, I I think I'm definitely sold on the idea that I I need to have a good attorney. I have a great relationship with an attorney I've had for years. But what makes you stand out as as a small business owner, as a private practice attorney? Why would I choose you maybe over the guy 10 doors down in the same building (laughs) who also practices law? What makes you different? Sure. My focus and and what I try to do is about value and really being in partnership with you. Um, In going out on my own, I've been able to explore a lot of alternative fee structures so that I can give you uh, the skills in a way that adds value. Um, The thing that I like to tell my clients is that I want to make sure that what I'm giving you is not only legally correct, 
but that it's practically useful because too many times I've had I come across business owners who through me or someone else have created a contract or an employee handbook that is legally correct but for whatever reason either they don't understand it or just because of the way that it's structured it's practically useless and it's in the bottom drawer of their filing cabinet and no one's ever seen it and so that's what I try to differentiate is so that we can create a relationship where we come up with solutions that are legal and practically useful. I think that is a very important point because we've all worked with CPAs and attorneys that were very legal and maybe even to the point that you you know you really wanted to scream but there was nothing practical in their advice and in their approach and as business owners if if we can't apply what we're doing to comply with the laws in a practical way then it's going to hurt our business and and like you said I like what you said you're in partnership with that business you're not just there to make sure we're compliant with the law. That's one component. But you also want to help us to apply the law in a practical way so that it doesn't hurt our business or offend our employees or scare our customers away. So that practical application is really important. And I think that comes with a savvy business owner. You know, you may know the law through and through, but are you a savvy business owner? Can you think in a practical way like the consumer is thinking, like the the uh, employee is thinking, and if you can, then that um, uh, that small business owner has the best of both worlds in that kind of an attorney. So it's kind of interesting. You could have probably gone to work for any law firm that you wanted. How on earth did you get started with your own private practice? I jokingly tell people that I went out on my own because I thought it was at least a 50-50 shot that I would like my boss. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> But for me, it was really about about the freedom and about being able to structure a practice in the way um, that I felt in terms of alternative fee arrangements and uh, in terms of the areas that I wanted to focus on so that I could maximize the value um, to my clients. You know, I really like that. Um, you're able to structure your own fee arrangements that you feel are fair and provide the greatest value for your mm-hmm. customers. And have you found that you're probably the hardest boss that you've ever worked for? <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, um, that's probably true. Uh, it, there is certainly more demanding. A, <laughs> there is certainly a greater motivation. If you, if you go into business for yourself thinking that you can take Friday afternoons off, uh, that mindset quickly changes when you realize that you could do so much more for your business if you work right afternoon. So. Exactly. So, yeah, sometimes the uh, the meanest, hardest boss that we've ever had that we were trying to run away from in the corporate world is our own selves as entrepreneurs because we're pretty demanding, we are perfectionists, and we make ourselves work long, grueling hours for very little pay in the beginning. So that pretty much sums up the small business owner, but we have the hope and the dream of a business that's going to take off, help many, many people, and furnish us with the lifestyle and the quality of life that we've always wanted, which is the whole point of this radio broadcast, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. It's all about cleaning up in life and in business. So you've been listening today to Rachel LeMay with the LeMay Firm on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. I'd really love to hear your comments and feedback on Facebook. So don't go away. We'll be right back with Rachel after the break. It was an early morning yesterday 
If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. In small towns and big cities around the world, Habitat for Humanity volunteers gather. Hammers are raised, bricks are laid, and another family finds shelter in a home they help build. Habitat volunteers are changing lives for the better, and in the process, maybe even their own as well. Support the work in your community or wherever your heart leads you. Volunteer, get involved, and help build it. Visit us at Habitat.org. You're listening to RNCN. The digital destination for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Jesse is a friend. We're back and talking with attorney Rachel LeMay with the LeMay Firm. If you'd like contact information for the LeMay Firm, be sure to visit our Facebook page, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. Rachel LeMay has 10 years of legal experience specializing in small business. She partners with your business for legal solutions all the way from startup to closure and even to retirement. So we've been getting to know Rachel LeMay a little bit as an entrepreneur. Of course, she's an attorney in the North Dallas area, but we'd like to get to know you even more as an entrepreneur. So one question I ask all of my guests is, do you have a favorite business book that you can recommend others to read? Uh, sure, and I think this overlaps with a favorite of, of Debbie's as well. It's it's The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. He specifically has one that's for attorneys, though, and so that's the book that I, that's currently on my nightstand that I'm diving into and comes recommended by several of my attorney colleagues. That is really my favorite business book of all time, and I love that he wrote other additions to address mm-hmm. specifically different industries. I wonder why he hasn't written the e-myth for the cleaning industry. I need to talk to Michael Gerber about that. It's on his to-do list. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. So I'm glad you like that book because I think it is profound. And attorneys, doctors, CPAs, they're all business owners. And that book is is just so helpful in helping you understand uh, the, the those three areas that can get out of balance and one is the entrepreneurial side of you and then of course the manager side of your business of you as an entrepreneur and then the technician side of your business as you're practicing law and uh, helping people with their legal matters so another question that I have to ask what were some of the biggest lessons that have maybe impacted the way you work now? Lessons you've learned in the past and how they impact the way you're working now in your business. Right. In a phrase, it's to understand your impact. And, and the way that I see that is um, to, to really appreciate the difference that 
the legal decisions that I make, the outcome of a trial, a correctly negotiated contract, um, and, and the outcome that that really has on a business. Um, I, I went to trial in August, and the business owner said, you know, we haven't added on to our office because we have to get through this lawsuit. And keeping in mind the impact that you practically have on how they're conducting business is is, is a huge um, a, a lesson to understand. I think the flip side of that is also realizing um, the impact that, that my words can have. Um, lawyers just love to throw around acronyms and Latin phrases and things that, that business owners should never have any reason to understand, um, but understanding the impact that your language can have and making sure that you keep the language accessible um, to everyone is another important lesson because there's a lot of miscommunication that can happen and you don't even realize it. Well, and I think that's the practical side of your business approach is you're not trying to impress people with big words and and phrases that none of us understand. You're trying to communicate in a way that your client really gets the concept that you're trying to share with them. And most people are intimidated by attorneys because they're worried that they will come across as ignorant because they don't understand the language, they don't understand the phrases, and we just feel a little bit foolish. So it's, it's very nice when someone speaks in a more practical manner for those of us who don't know lawyer language. That, that's probably one of the most difficult things for me because they can't always catch uh, the word that might trip someone up. And so being able to, to unpack that is, yeah, is one of the most back. difficult things. And I like that you said one of the things that you think about is the impact that you have on people's lives. I mean, let's face it. If we have a bad day at my company, we're probably going to do a, a sloppy job on somebody's floor or their toilet. It is not uh, the end of their business. It's not going to impact them for life, although some of them act like it may. But with your business, you really do have a huge impact on people's lives if you do a good job or you do a bad job. So it's important to hear that an attorney really takes that part of their business very, very seriously. So maybe looking back at some of the things you've done as you've grown, and you've been in practice for 10 years, so you're not a novice. What would you say are, is something specifically, if you could go back and, and undo it, maybe you would do it differently? Uh, for me, it would definitely be uh, maximizing uh, mentors and relationships uh, more. I worked for about six or seven years uh, with a partner who just had a tremendous amount of knowledge. And uh, we worked very well together and, and, and we're still good friends, but I still wish, you know, there's more lunches and more things we could have done. I left a great firm um, uh, in the Woodlands when I moved up to the Dallas area uh, that was run by uh, a lawyer who knows the business side of, of how to successfully run a business uh, better than any lawyer I know and, and should have taken more advantage of that opportunity. You know, that is a very important concept because there are so many people that are not taking advantage of the opportunities in front of them. They're so busy doing all the talking. They're do so busy telling all the stories. I know I've, I've gone out to uh, lunch with very small business owners whose business wasn't even, even you know, one twentieth the size of my business. And they did all the talking. And they shared with me all the ideas and the concepts and, and the business practices that they're doing. And I've enjoyed the conversation and I was happy to be the listener. I, I love that. But I have left at times thinking, wow, you could have sat there and asked me a gazillion questions and you didn't. Now that may sound a little bit arrogant, but I think of how I behave in an environment where I'm around people who have any size business, whether it's bigger 
than mine or not. I'm like a sponge. I'm like, tell me how you did this. Tell me, you know, I love asking these questions of entrepreneurs because I learned so much. I want to be the one asking the questions. Tell me more. How did you grow your business? What big mistakes did you make that you wish you could do over? And oftentimes that the, the small business owners are, are doing all the talking and they're missing an opportunity. So that's a, a great point that you brought out. So obviously being an attorney, it's really important that you have credentials behind you. And when you first started out, how did you quickly establish your credibility in, in your community? Uh, I think it's about being prepared um, to, to know your stuff. Um, I mentioned the, the mentor that I worked with for years. Uh, he, he's also about 6'6 six, six and old enough to be my father. So when I'm walking into a room, um, it, it, it's clear that it's, it's easy to defer to him. Um, and so to come up with a natural physical distinction that happens in that environment, um, being able to just know about who the client is, know their business well, and then know my business well, um, being prepared and knowledgeable in the areas and the services and the value that you can add. You know, there is so much to be said for understanding and knowing your client. And all too many times, business owners are so busy attracting clients, they don't take the time to get to know them. And if you know your client's needs, you understand their business, you will figure out things that they won't even know to bring to your attention. And that all comes with knowing your clients, understanding their pain, and really understanding their business and their industry. So I, I'm sure over the years, you've had some failures, probably mostly successes, but how have you dealt with failures that you've experienced in the past? What do you do to deal with failure? I am extremely analytical. Um, so, you know, to unpack it and to see, you know, what went wrong. And again, going back to the practical side is that you have to build off of it. So rightly or wrongly, this is where we are now. Uh, what, we can, what can we do to avoid repeating this, this scenario? And what can we do to build from, from where we are right now? So you don't dwell on it. Sure. You don't yeah. s stew over it and wring your hands. You just analyze. Uh, only with hubby um, okay. <laughs> at home. Uh, yeah. but, but as far as, you know, in, with the client, it's about how can we build from where we are. I think it was Winston Churchill who said success is the ability to move rapidly from one failure to the next. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. That summarizes entrepreneurialism. It's kind of like who is willing to stick it out for the long haul because it's really just the quitters that end up failing, you know. Um, so obviously on a more positive note, what habits have helped make you successful in your business? Always continuing to learn. Um, before I was a, a, a lawyer, I was a newspaper reporter, which is a great career because you you spend your day talking to a million different people from a police officer to a school teacher about what's going on. There's constantly the opportunity to learn. So for me, the habit is staying fresh and constantly trying to, to learn and pick up, oh, yeah, I could add that provision to my contracts and it would look great. So if you have great contracts, send them to me. Absolutely. <laughs> So I know you recently uh, joined a mastermind group because I'm helping to lead that. Tell me a little bit about what made you decide that you needed to be in a mastermind group. I'm so glad that you asked that question because you mentioned earlier about 
uh, know what you know and know what you don't know. And I think that that's the thing that small businesses, uh, be it a lawyer or, or anyone out there, has to understand is that um, it's my job to know the law and then develop a team who can help me um, run a business successfully. And that, and in that team, I mean, that includes having your lit lawyer, that includes having the CPA that, that you can know and trust, um, and that includes having business professionals that you can bounce ideas off of. And, and King Solomon truly said it best in Ecclesiastes, there is no new thing under the sun. That is so true. So you, you might think that you're doing it in a new and different way, but I guarantee you there's someone out there who has experience and, and you can draw on that. Fantastic. I, I love the mastermind group. I, I love being able to facilitate that with our, our other expert in the group, which is Art Locke of Focal Point. And I think what's so great about a mastermind group is you do have a couple of experts facilitating and bringing ideas to the table that maybe no one has either discussed in a long time and they need to revisit, or it's a concept they haven't heard of and they really need to hear in order to help them move their business forward. But it's also interactive. It's not just sitting there hearing somebody else lecture you. It's interactive, and you're uh, responding, you're contributing, you're sharing things that maybe you wouldn't share with your own clients or other colleagues, but in a mastermind group, because there's no overlapping competition, you're willing to share some of your struggles, some of your pain, and then each other jumps in and tries to help you solve those dilemmas. So I think that's what's so valuable about a mastermind group. So coming up next on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, I'm getting specific with how to find the right attorney since we've already had a chance to talk with a really terrific attorney in the North Dallas area, Rachel LeMay of the LeMay Firm. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and on the web at DebbieSardone.com. But I must be moving on. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. Hi, I'm Dr. Russ Skinner, owner and practitioner at Family Health and Wellness of Plano. Our philosophy is to integrate traditional medicine with chiropractic care, as well as some alternative forms of medicine. And at Family Health and Wellness of Plano, you'll find an MD and a chiropractor under the same roof. A full gym for physical medicine and rehab, as well as athletic training and exercise training. For an appointment, please call us at 469-661-1100 or visit us on the web at www.fhwplano.com or find us on Facebook, Family Health and Wellness of Plano. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Hi, I'm your host, and I'm back. It's Debbie Sardone with Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And we are talking this segment about quality of life and legal issues. As entrepreneurs, sometimes we have trouble sleeping at night because we worry. We worry about being compliant with all the laws. We worry about our employees and legal issues that could arise there. We worry about employees maybe poaching our customers 
or what labor laws that we could accidentally be breaking. I think small business owners are the most sleep-deprived people on the planet, and not necessarily because we go to the bed late, although we usually do, but it's because we make wake up in the middle of the night and we're sick with worry. In the early days of our business, we worried ourselves sick over meeting payroll and covering our bills, covering our expenses. And then as we grew, we worry about liability. We worry about exposure. We worry about being sued. Sometimes, just to be able to sleep at night and not have to have a prescription for sleeping pills, but just to be able to sleep at night, the answer is to get your house in order. It's to have peace of mind. I believe peace of mind is the best prescription for a good night's sleep. So if you don't need an attorney right now, this is the very best time to start looking for one. So here are some of the things that I'd like to share about vetting, finding, searching for a good attorney or avoiding a bad one. And first of all, fancy doesn't mean successful. Lawyers who drive fancy cars or live in a big house fit into two camps. The lawyer who has paid her dues and really can afford a little luxury and the lawyer living beyond his means. The first one, well, of course, they earned it. We all hope to, to get to that level someday. Uh, that's the small business owner who has worked hard, has served their clients well, and can genuinely afford that Mercedes that they're driving around in. But too many of them, and any industry has this problem, but too many are pretenders, faking it before they make it and chasing after the big bucks so they can pay those bills. Don't assume their car is an indication of how good they might be in a courtroom. And then, of course, avoid the ambulance chasers. We've all heard about these. If they are so desperate for clients that they will take any case that comes their way, especially the ones who will wait all night in an ER room, uh, that's an ambulance chaser. You need to avoid that person like the plague. A good attorney works on building a referral network. They do a great job for their existing clients and their business grows organically. If they're chasing ambulances, there's a reason. Steer clear. There are unethical lawyers out there. This, of course, is again with any industry, but you have to be careful and make sure you're avoiding them. They give their industry its bad reputation. That's probably where all those lawyer jokes come from. But there are unethical bankers, there are unethical surgeons and doctors and consultants, so don't be surprised that there are also unethical lawyers. There are lawyers who think that the rules don't apply to them. They get away with murder and they don't fret over details. A good lawyer respects the rules and will be meticulous with the details of their profession and cares about their clients. Don't assume every lawyer is ethical. Just like you can't assume that every painter will paint, every contractor can hang a, a door straight, or that your salesman is ethical, your car salesman, you have to vet the individual and not just trust it because of the name of the profession. And then, of course, there's always 
there's dumb lawyers. I mean, there's dumb business professionals everywhere. And so there can also be dumb lawyers. Every profession has its dummies. The legal industry is not immune. Just because someone has a Ph.D. doesn't mean they will stay on top of their field. There are lawyers who never update their forms, never research issues for their clients, and genuinely remain ignorant of the law as they continue to practice. Be sure you only work with someone who will stay on top of legal issues and keep current on technology and business practices. And then there are just flat-out bad lawyers out there. This is the guy who creates the stereotypical bad lawyer that all of the other people complain about. He doesn't follow rules of procedure. He takes on new practice areas that he hasn't uh, really ever been qualified for in the first place. He forgets to call or email his clients to keep them up to date on their status or their case or their situation. These guys miss filing deadlines and keep sloppy calendars. If your first telephone encounter with uh, this type of office or this lawyer is gives you a bad impression, then you've probably gotten a taste what could of what could be typical in the future if you work with this individual or work with his his practice. There are good dentists, there are bad ones. There are good CPAs, there are bad ones. There are good hairstylists, there are bad ones. Good cleaning services and bad ones. So remember, there are good lawyers and there are bad ones. And then, of course, there's that TV lawyer. You know who they are. They are uh, out there advertising, screaming on the TV commercials and let's face it, every business has to advertise, and, and attorneys are in business for themselves. So we, we get it. You have to advertise. But the guy I'm talking about is the one who runs a mill, and clients never actually meet these attorneys. They garner huge fees. You'll never build a relationship with these people. Go find some hardworking local attorney that isn't just grinding out referrals from a mill. And then watch out for the ghost attorney. You can't reach this lawyer by phone. He won't give you his cell phone, and he's not checking his emails. I mean, he may be a good guy. He may know his stuff. He may be ethical, but he's like a ghost. They are completely and utterly inaccessible once they take your money. You will never know the status of your case or your situation when you want to. You know, I actually have my attorney's cell phone. He gave that to me a long time ago. I have his boss's cell phone when his boss used to be my attorney, probably 15 years ago. I've used the same law firm for 20 years. If I call day or night, I get a return call within minutes, or on a rare occasion, it might be within an hour or two. A good attorney actually cares and wants to find out what you need. Come to think of it, I have a really good dentist because the last time I was in, she gave me her cell phone. It's it's just incredible. Accessibility is so important nowadays because it's so much easier to access people. And now you can expect it from your attorney or from the professionals that, that you hire. These are people that are helping you for the long term in your business. They they really become a part of your business life. And so you have to expect 
accessibility. So stay away from those ghost attorneys and accept nothing less than being able to have access. It's sad when a maid service is more committed to accessibility than maybe the attorney that they've hired. I was thinking about back in the early days of my business. This was way before cell phones. So it kind of dates me. But I remember getting a pager, and I wore that pager on my pants or hung it on my purse for years. And I remember I'd go out and maybe go to dinner or go to an event and meet some new people, and they'd see my pager. And back then, just about the only people carrying pagers were doctors. I can't tell you how many times people would ask, are you a doctor? (laughs) And then I would say, no, I own a cleaning service. And I'm sure they were puzzled, and they're thinking, what on earth do you need a pager for? But even... Goodness, 20 years ago, I wanted to be accessible. And now in this day and age of ease of accessibility, the great technology we have, none of us are walking around with pagers anymore. And, you know, uh, the technology of Google Voice where you can screen phone calls just to make sure it's a phone call that you, you can take. There's no reason why when you have a good relationship with an attorney, you can't have accessibility to them. Whether they give you your cell phone or not is irrelevant. Are they accessible? Can you reach them when you need them? William Shakespeare famously wrote, The first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. That could be possibly the earliest recorded lawyer joke. Generally, I believe lawyers are honest. They're hardworking souls just trying to run a business and do right by their clients. I truly believe that because I believe in small business owners. They're simply trying to ensure justice for the clients that they serve, most of them, but not all of them, just like any industry. You have to beware. You have to do your due diligence and ask for recommendations and referrals. Don't just guess in the, and feel around in the dark. Now, you've been listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, and we talk each week with local business entrepreneurs who are cleaning up in life and in business. Now, we'll be right back here next week with more interesting guests, inspiring conversation, and practical advice. We'll see you next time. For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com.